We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Come on, side, side, side. Today's show is sponsored by PDM, Pod Digital Media, the number one multicultural podcast app is here. PDM, Pod Digital Media is the very first black-owned podcast app. You can listen to shows from every single category, like sports, business, health, lifestyle, and culture, all from creators of color like me. Download it today in the Apple App Store and listen to new shows. Plus, if you want to release a podcast, record it and release it directly from the app. PDM, Pod Digital Media app. Download it right now. Tell them Ed Lover sent you. Come on, son. son. What up, y'all? Come on, son, the podcast. Uh, it's me, Ed Lover, oversaw by one and only Combat Jack. If y'all hear some noise in the back, that means that wife is in the kitchen and the dog is running around. That's how it is sometimes in this house. Um, we'll be talking to Mr. Early Walker from um, Chicago, Dixmore. He has W&W um, Towing Company, and he has a new show on A&E called Hustle and Tow. Um, it's good to see a black man doing their thing. Let's see what's going on, y'all. So welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. There we go. Let's let Mr. Early walk in the building. What's up, sir? Hey, Ed. How you doing? Patrice, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Mr. Early Walker, how are you, sir? Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. Welcome, welcome to the show. Are you, are you in Chicago? Yes, sir. Well, it's only four o'clock in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's five o'clock here. Tell me, uh, you got the new show coming on A and E. Congratulations on that. Hustle Thank you, show. Tell me yes, how, that, how, did, how did the whole thing come about? I read that you didn't believe that A and E reached out to you. I did not. Actually, I thought it was spam. <laughs> they uh, sent me a blank email saying, "Hey." You know, this is such and such from Andy. We're reaching out thinking that you guys will be per- perfect to be a part of a new show we've got. And I thought it was a joke. You know, mm-hmm. so I literally ignored it. I thought it was one of like one of them warranty emails. <laughs> so I literally thought it was a joke. And they sent another one said, hey, here's my phone number. Give us a call if you're interested. And 
I gave them a call and literally they were out in less than a week. So really just came straight out where they where they come out to do interviews, to interview you, to do a trial run and see what your business is like. No, it wasn't even a trial run. Uh, literally, they, they gave me a call. I did a Zoom, something similar to this. And they asked me a few questions and was like, hey, we think you guys will be great. Uh, when can we start filming? We would like to be out, you know, within the next seven days. It was literally right after the new year. Wow. So they, yep. just, they right on top of it. Like, okay, yep. let's, let's get it going on. How long yep. ago did you start W&W, W&W Towing? 2013. 2013. Why a towing company? Were you a cold truck driver yourself? No, so I wasn't. So it's interesting because I had had several other companies that I had uh, worked for. Um, I mean, I was a cop at one time. I used to work for the government. I mean, I did all different types of jobs in the corporate world. But um, my dad was an entrepreneur. And literally, I think it, that, that probably messed me up because I couldn't work for nobody. You know, it was like okay. I tried to work a nine to five. It wouldn't work. You Chicago know? So, Police Department? What was that? You work for Chicago Police Department? No, actually Harvey, uh, which okay. is a suburb of Illinois, and then Dixmore. Um, well, and so I know. If you worked in Harvey, boy, whoop. <laughs> well, one of you said, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then Dixmore, and that's where you started your towing company in Dixmore? No, so, well, actually, yeah. So that was actually my first contract. But I basically, I used to work for the Board of Education. That was my last job, last okay. nine to five. And that's when I just said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And I just, I literally, I took a leap of faith. I mean, I quit my job. I started a little small car dealership. And so I kind of got into towing accidentally. I got tired of paying tow truck drivers to tow my cars from the auctions. And so, <laughs> I mean, true story. And so literally I went and bought a, a tow truck and was like, you know what? I'm not paying these guys no more. And I had a couple of friends that had a tow truck and they, they seemed to be doing pretty well. And so I used to joke with some of them, like, man, you think I could do okay with a tow truck? And it's like, yeah, you know, so I bought a tow truck and, you know, I went, did my own self-advertising, went to a couple of shops and one shop led to another shop. That shop led to another one before I knew it, man. I mean, it was, it was sky's the limit. Really? Uh, did, were you driving the tow truck yourself? I was. You yeah. And this is literally with no experience. I mean, I damaged a lot of people's cars because <laughs> it was it was definitely like a a learning as we go type of thing. I mean, literally, man, I um, I literally I damaged a lot of people's cars. I mean, I'm talking about it was some bumpers got ripped off, probably a couple of tires got busted on accident. I mean, it was all type of stuff, man. But it was me trying to learn, you know. And so, um, it you know it took me a few months, but I caught on to it, and you know I've been going strong ever since. What's the hardest part of Dealing with a tow truck. Honestly, I'm gonna say the customers. Really? It's not the truck. The truck, I mean, I think the truck is really just the mechanics and learning the basics. I mean, right. you know, it's a couple of levers here and there, depending on what type of truck you buy. But I think honestly, the customers, in my opinion, can make a break. Oh wow. Are, are, are most people difficult? Absolutely. Um <laughs> I'm expecting especially the type of towing we do. So I think in general as a whole, I think customers are difficult anyway, because you got to think, I mean, even if you're just doing a personal private tow, you know, depending on the type of car, I mean, every car is a person's baby. You know, right. I mean, it could be uh, 19, 96, 94, 95, whatever it is, that's their means of transportation. So right. it's their baby. You better not damage it. You better not hook it up the wrong way. Half of the people always, they favorite line. I need a flatbed. 
send me a flatbed, you know? And so, um, so I think that's the biggest part is that a lot of people, you know, although they don't really know what they're doing in their mind, you know, they tow operators, you know, and they want right. to tell you how to do your job. Hey, you hooking it up wrong. Hey, you doing this, you know? And so that just kind of slows you down. And then some customers, you know, I mean, are, are pretty nasty too. So, you know. Oh, wow. So what kind you said, especially in the kind of towing that you guys do, what kind of towing is that? Is that repossession towing? No. So I specialize in municipality towing, which is basically AKA police towing. Oh, so yeah. So I tow for a lot of police departments. Um, and so, I, I think that's probably one of the worst because oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah yeah so you get yeah, some so. cars when they park wrong in any time of the day or late at night if they owe tickets and you gotta go to the man I mean old tickets people cars man D DUI no not a lot of it is more or less when they're breaking the law so DUIs of course car accidents if the car is blocking or obstructing traffic right um suspended licenses you know what i mean Ooh. so we we get called to a lot of that stuff i mean it's not necessarily parking lot torn and stuff like that it's more or less when the police got an issue and they got to tow the car because they put a boot on it right if it's in the parking lot they just throw a boot on it or something like that. yeah they'll throw a boot on it or that's a different type of torn that's called relocation torn so that that type of torn is basically you know, like you said, individuals that get contracts with those particular parking lots, you know, right. whereas with us, we're contracted with the police department. So it's a it's a little different because, I mean, us, it's like basically we're getting called to do the job. You know what right. I mean? From the police department. Exactly. Right. So it's not like somebody mm -hmm. picking up the phone and say, because the police department saying, hey, we need you to come here and, and get this car out of the way, get several cars that are damaged off the highway, they're block, obstructing the traffic and stuff of that. Matter. Right. Right, yeah, you right. started off with one truck. How many trucks do you have now? 17. 17 trucks from one truck. Yep. Yes, how, how quick did that grow? It's only 2021. It it grew. I mean, literally, um, I am a firm believer in having faith in your dreams. Okay. Um, literally, when I when I started this, I mean, I, I, it was a leap of faith. Like I said, I walked off the job where I knew what I was making. No ifs, ands, or buts. I was guaranteed income. I knew what I was making. I mean, and so to leave that job knowing that, okay, this is not enough for me, I think that's what allowed me to be successful. You know, okay. is having the faith, being able to believe in myself, being able to jump, being able to leave. I think that's really what it was about because, I mean, I've literally haven't wanted for anything. I mean, um, and so I tell a lot of people, you know, go after whatever your dreams are because literally you're right. Not only just one raggedy, no, not only just one truck, I should say, but one raggedy truck. You know, I mean, this, this, was, this was one of those Fred Sanford and Son trucks. I mean, literally. I mean, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not joking. You could see holes in the ground. You know, I mean, I always wow. tell the story. I mean, uh, you probably know a comedian, Damon Williams. Yeah, I know he was Damon probably one of, He was one of my first um, uh, customers. And it was funny because when he called, so I've always been this type of person where, you market yourself bigger than what you are. Right. So I had I had an automated system. I had to thank you for calling WW Toying. Oh, you know wow. your party's extension. So when he called, he thought he was getting you know one of them other type of trucks. <laughs> <laughs> so you know at that time I was the dispatcher, the manager, the roadside, the tow truck driver. But he didn't know that I was going to be pulling up. He didn't, he didn't know a Fred Sanford the Sun truck was going to be pulling up, and so. <laughs> He got in, man, and I, I'm talking about the face was priceless. Like, it was one of the things where it was like, you could tell he felt sorry for me, so he ain't sent me <laughs> on my way. 
but he wanted to send me on my way. Like, you know what I'm I mean, he even asked me, he was like, man, um, you gonna be able to do it with this? And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I'm only about, I mean, I can say it now, I'm about probably only six, seven toes in. So I don't even, wow. you know, yeah, yeah, man. I never forget it was a Mercedes. He had a Mercedes Benz. And it's funny, man, because man, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, yeah, I can get it, you know, and and he, we joked the whole way, man, but I appreciate people like that because, honestly, if it wasn't for people like him that supported me, I wouldn't be where I am today, so. Let's take it back to the to uh, your early days, and you said your father was always an entrepreneur, and that's what inspired you to, to go out on your own, and you realized that you couldn't work for yourself. What kind of, what kind of uh, work did your dad do? My dad um, is an electrical engineer. Um, okay. He... Yeah, electrical contractor. He did a lot of big developments, remodeling. Uh, he did some general contractor works as well. Um, so we did a lot of like new rehabs and stuff like that. I think that honestly, because he was so hard on me, it got to the point where I hated, I hated doing it. You know what I mean? So it was like, I it was one of those where I couldn't wait to quit. You know what I mean? Like right. I was like, man, when I get old enough, I'll quit, you know, and um, and I did, you know, and I left and I like I told you, I had several, several jobs. I mean. You know, I mean, it was like every job, nothing worked. And I think it was because I had got accustomed to basically, in a sense, being my own boss. Right. You know, and so, you know, but I appreciate it because, you know, like I said, I mean, it goes back to if I, if I hadn't have had those values instilled in me, I wouldn't have took the leap. I wouldn't have took the jump because I would have been scared, you know, and that's that's half the battle when you're trying to be an entrepreneur. As a, as a former police officer, you now do a lot of, work in the community what what made you want to go out to the community and do the things that you're doing out there so i mean i would have to definitely um throw a lot of that to my dad i mean my dad did a lot of community stuff growing up i mean he is a, a, a minister as well and so you know he made i don't say made well yeah he made us he made <laughs> us do a lot of you know community work you know he made us do a lot of outreach work. And so I think that was just instilled in me. And I always said, man, that if I ever got to the point of being able to give back in any type of way, that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's you know? very, very important. Where, where did you grow up at? What part? West Side. Uh, West okay. Side of Chicago. Oh, West Side, yeah. the best side. Yes, What's sir. What's the problem with the West Side and the East Side, bro? I mean, West Side and the South Side. What's the problem, Early? I don't know, man. I think it's just really honestly... These 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 new gang fractions we got, man. I mean, I think that it's nothing like it was back in the day. I mean, right. Back in the day, of course, everybody respected each other. Everybody, I mean, you had your own sets. Everybody had their own sets. But at the end of the day, everybody respected everybody. And I think now that's the biggest thing is that these young guys they don't respect nobody. You know, right. so it's pretty much everything goes. You know, and they don't care. I mean, you literally it's it's so bad now, man. I mean, I talked to, you know, superintendent a lot. I talked to a lot of upper brass, literally block by block. You could be on one block and it's a gang that run that block. And the next block is a whole nother gang. Wow. You know, so it, it's just, it's, it's, so when you're dealing with that in a larger magnitude, it really ain't even necessarily the West side versus the South side, because you talking about shooting at, you going off your block, shooting at the next person on the next block that right. you probably grew up with. <laughs> one, one block over, but back in the days, a good friend of mine is George Daniels. George used to have George's music room. That's my, that's oh, my man. Yeah, yeah I know on George. the side. And uh, George was telling me, in his opinion, one of the worst things they did was take down all of those projects and lock all the OGs up. Because he was like, when the OGs were around, there was a code. There's a, a certain way that they was doing things. They were still 
doing things what they were doing in the street. But there was a certain manner in which it had to be done. And now these young kids are growing up, no OGs around to show them anything because these guys are doing football numbers in prison and there's no code anymore. Do you find that to be true? Yes and no. Um, because I, the reason why I say yes and no is because you hear a lot of people say, man, we need to let the OGs out so that we can get more structure now. So I'm going to say yes. I do disagree with the fact of them locking up the OGs because at the end of the day, they are what kept the structure in place. Right. And if, if the young bloods grew up in that, then we would probably be a whole lot better. But here's the thing. I think that now the generations have lost so much that now it doesn't matter who, man, you, you can put Larry, who we any of them out right now. They're not going to do anything. Right. If anything, and I hate to say it, these young kids will be trying to kill them just, right. just for some street cred. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really feel like now, um, and I mean, I'm, and I'm cool with a lot of the old heads. Man, I mean, Gator, Gator Wallace, man, we work on a lot of different things. You know what I mean? But even him, he'll say, man, these, these young kids, they don't care. Yeah. You know? And so they really live by their own rules. And so that's the sad part about it is that now I really don't feel, I don't, I don't really know what can be done to actually bring this all together because everyone does what they want to do. You right. know, these young kids don't have any rules. They all, in, in, in a sense, they, I mean, some of these rappers, you know what I'm saying? They, they look up to these guys. I'm talking about local. We ain't going to talk about, you know, I mean, these local rappers running stuff. I mean, they, they got, they had wars. It's like, they say something in their verse, guess what? Now they gang looking for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's retaliation. It's just, yeah. it's crazy, man. That's how you got, yeah. you know, a I'm lot of these rappers. You, you lost FBG Duck. We just lost King Von. Who was, exactly. He yep. actually left out of the community and moved down here to Atlanta to try to stay away from that kind of yep. stuff. And he ended up getting killed down here, unfortunately. And at heart, you know, I have several encounters with, with Vaughn because while I'm in Chicago, I go to, uh, to church with uh, Pastor Corey Brooks and that's their neighborhood right there, you know? That's my man, yeah. come out and do food drives with us and stuff like that and give away food and the kids were going crazy. And at, at, at his core, he's a good kid. You know, he's just a misguided kid. I don't know what can we do for Chicago to turn Chicago around. It seems like this has been going on for so long, and you're one of the people that's on that level where you're giving back, constantly giving back. What can Chicago do? I feel like Mayor Lightfoot got her hands full. Yeah, I mean, I always say this as well. A lot of people try to, I mean, I think this is the world of the blame game. Yeah. Everyone wants to point the finger. Everyone wants to say what a person is not doing. When in reality, everyone needs to look in the mirror. And I feel like if we all look in the mirror, we'll find that we need to ask ourselves, are we doing enough? Right. And I think if everyone asks themselves that question, that will go way further, you know, because basically at the end of the day, we have a lot of individuals that are out here that aren't doing anything. Yeah. And it could be something as simple as a phone call, um, going outside, checking up on your immediate family. Listen, a lot of these individuals that are shooting, they got family members. Yeah. Guess what? Those family members can keep a tab on these kids way more than me or you can. Because at the end of the day, guess what? They're their family. So they could tell their cousin Spunky and Boo Boo to sit down. We can't. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And that's part of the problem. Because at the end of the day, it's like if everyone would take accountability for their own family, their own kids, you know what I mean? It's uncles out here that know where their nephews at. 
Right. It's aunties out here that know where what they niece is doing, but the problem is that no one is stepping up. And then everyone wants to say this whole code of silence and no snitch rule. Well, it don't take all of that because at the end of the day, if the family started to step up and start pulling in their own family, that would end a lot of this. Right. But and no then they want to do it after after the somebody's already shot and dead, and now here come yep. the, the GoFundMe pages and all of this other stuff. Yep. regarding you know what they need for the funerals and, and and things of that nature but they could have prevented it by just grabbing your own family member and you if know, everyone steps up yep yeah and then we go out like you know like you do um and we try to give back to the community as much as possible and i think sometimes it's just a little bit of, we need a little more of each one teach one absolutely you know i'm on the radio every morning in chicago and, and i i when before the pandemic i was in the schools teaching uh Hip Hop 101, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and just trying to show them a little something different and, and give them an insight into that your life doesn't always have to be the rapper, that, that there's other avenues of your life that you can explore and, and become huge in and make absolutely more money than the rapper is making. So, you know, just give them a little, little bit of inspiration, man. I appreciate the philanthropy that you're doing in the neighborhood also. Absolutely, man. I mean, and I, that's what it boils down to. I'm one person. You're one person. But if each one, and I mean, it, it doesn't say that everyone's got to do what Early Walker does. Right. Everyone ain't got to do what Air Lover does, but you can do your own part. And that's really all it boils down to. If everyone would do just a small piece, that will end a lot of this. But it's gotten to the point now where, unfortunately, kids are having kids. You know, and so now they, they want to be cool. They want to be friends. They want to laugh. They want to joke. That's not going to ever end this issue. That's not going to ever end this problem. You know, you can point the finger at Superintendent uh, 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 Johnson. You can point the finger at Superintendent Brown. You can point the finger at Mayor Lightfoot. Guess what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you put as mayor. It doesn't matter who you put as the police superintendent. The issues are going to always point back to home. Right. That's what it boils down to. And it's been going on for so long. And look how many yeah. different mayors are. they said the same thing. Rom wasn't doing enough. And now it's Mayor Lightfoot. Now I didn't want to point the finger at Mayor Lightfoot. But the, the CPD can't be everywhere at every given moment. It's not even in enough offices to do that. It's not possible. No. Right. No. And then let's be honest. With everything they've got going on now, I would hate to be a cop right now. Ooh, yes, sir. I would hate to be a cop. Man, I had I kept, this true story. This was probably about a year ago. I had one of my old lieutenants was like, hey, man. He's like, man, you want to come part-time? No. <laughs> I was like, man, you could, you could not pay me enough. Because, right. unfortunately, with the climate of the world now, you got to watch and think about everything you do now. Every split-second decision that you Every split-second. And, unfortunately, in that type of field, and that type of industry, sometimes it's going to, re it's going to cause you to just react. That's right. And that's what people don't understand. You know, sometimes I, I can understand, and I'm not saying, let me let me give my disclaimer. Okay. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not, let me make sure I give my disclaimer. I'm not saying that some of these instances were not accounted for as far as racism is concerned. Right. But what I am saying is that because of the climate, because of the world, unfortunately, let's be honest. Listen, my our little cousins, our little nieces, our little nephews are making it bad for these cops because these cops don't know who to trust. Yeah. So when you do come out with a hoodie on, everybody got masks on now. Man, that's the listen. And I, I promise you, I say God know how to be a comedian because ain't no way in the world 
you would have ever thought that now everybody you look at, you don't. You, first of all, it used to be well, okay, somebody wearing all black, they got a mask on, a hoodie on, all right, uh -oh. they're a criminal, right? They finna rob you now. Everybody look like a criminal. Everybody <laughs> looks like a criminal. <laughs> so it's That's like, what do you do? That is the norm now, right? I never thought as a black man I could walk in a bank with a hoodie and a mask on. That's the norm. <laughs> and the white lady That's standing the norm. next to me got the hoodie and the mask on too. So exactly, yep. yeah, it's the same thing. And exactly, and, and 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 more to your point, And my disclaimers here that I know a lot of this stuff is based on racism, but a lot of times, my daddy used to always say, "Don't put yourself in a position for something to happen to you." No, yeah. unfortunately, the, the kid Toledo got killed by a police officer. But what is a 13-year-old kid doing out there? That's my point. Hello. You said it, I didn't. But that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> At the end right. of the day, he was 13 years old. Where were the parents? Exactly. Here it is. The parents were talking about they had just reported him missing. He had ran away from home. Once again, it starts with the parents. If that parent knew that they were having problems with that kid, they is their responsibility. In my opinion, that parent needs to be held accountable. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent And in my opinion, we got to get back to kicking a little ass as a parent, too. That's my point. Because now, guess what? Now that parent wanna sue CPD. Now that parent wanna get rich. Now that parent wanna make money. So now that parent finna make money off of all of us, basically. Right. Because but in reality, point. there you go. But in reality, whose fault was it? You should have knew where your son was at at three o'clock in the morning. 13. Three o'clock in the morning, your son's out with a gun in his hand. Right. So when we talk about the facts, but that's the part no one works. They don't want to have a real talk. Everybody want to march. Everybody want to talk. But at the end of the day, guess what? No one is, wants to talk about the real. Because if you talk about the real issues, the real issue is, guess what? That kid should have been at home. Right. And you take care of your kids and do a better job of being a parent. And, and, and that's, what, that's what the real issues are. And the real, we got, yeah, we got to deal with racism, but it's not, it's not like it's new. We all right. been dealing with this ever since we came out the room, especially as black people in, the, in America. We Absolutely. always got to deal with it. And I, and I noticed that Chicago is really different because a lot of people, I don't, you know, I stay in Chicago also. People don't, like black people and white people don't mesh a lot in Chicago. Nope, not at all. It's a very segregated city. Well, Illinois Absolutely. is a segregated state, so. You know what I mean? So we got that Absolutely. problem man. It's just a lot of people are inherently racist and a lot of people don't know how to deal with other races or dealing with people. And once you're a cop and you got to make that split second decision, I am so glad that my brother was a 25 year veteran at NYPD. He said, wow. he's so glad he's not a cop anymore, man. He said he wouldn't want to deal with this mess as it is. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. And thank you for leaving and getting yourself out. Oh, <laughs> oh man, look, listen. I mean, even now, they talking about banning police chases wow i'm so sorry but that's the dumbest <laughs> and listen so it just is let them go is. huh just let them go and so first of all now this is what you just did you just told all of the criminals i can do whatever i want and they ain't gonna chase me right so they already can't chase you in a car now they can't chase you on foot what did you just do wow you just let them get away so let me so just I can go, go and do whatever I want, and I ain't right. got to worry about nobody coming to get me. So ain't nobody going to chase me. Exactly. So we'll just do the investigate. Uh, okay. I, I, I want to congratulate you on your new show, Hustle and Toe. We'll be definitely checking it out. And one last thing before I let you go. Is that because you like the socks or because the hat matches the outfit? 
Well, I'm gonna tell you, it's because I did a haircut. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you want to represent Shy Town at the same time. And I'm gonna represent Shy Town at the same time. But you, you know go. what? You gotta have a hat. And when I wear that hat when I'm in Chicago, even though I I had the uh, opportunity to throw out the first pitch at a Cubs game, and they let me do that. Wow. I'm very honored to be able to do that. When people wow. ask me about that, oh, so White Sox, huh? I said. Yeah, I'm, I like the White Sox. I like the Cubs, but that's a classic hip hop hat, though, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a hip hop, but that goes right next to the Yankee hat. That White Sox hat, that Yankee hat. Is, come on, man, y'all already. You know, white folks don't know that. So, I'm, oh I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Be, how you think the Sox going to do? I'm like, I don't know. It's just I, the sneakers are black and white. Mr. Early Walker, pleasure talking to you, brother. Absolutely. Hopefully, if you need me, just holler at me, man. I'm in Chicago. I'll help you do whatever you need to be done, man. Congratulations again on your show. Or Andy, what day and night? Every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Every Tuesday, hustling Every Tuesday, Tuesday, hustling toll. 9 p.m. Uh, Standard Time. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for taking the time out. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yes, All sir. the best. God bless you, man. Y'all make sure that y'all check that show out. That's going to be great. I'm with you, bro. God bless, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son. This episode of Come On Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.